Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. Absolute soggy day here in central Ohio. <laughs> we had a real gully washer going on outside. Thank goodness the windows are closed and the air conditioning's on <laughs> and the sump pump is working. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, that's yourdiyhealth.com. And all the products we talk about are there, the Longevity Nutritional Supplements, the CTFO CBD Oils, the Stem Enhance Ultra by Cerule, the X39 Patch by LifeWave, the Pulsed Electromagnetic Therapy Unit that you can find under the Circulation section of the Trinity of Health tab, and last but not least, the coffee I drink, Gano Excel Classic. All great stuff. Everything has money-back guarantees, so if you try something and for some reason don't like it, you can get a refund. All the sales support the show, and all the information is free. And if you have any questions about anything, just uh, click the Contact Me button, send me an email, or call and leave a message, and we will get back with you as quickly as we, as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll get you right on track. Now, also, if you click the Radio Shows tab, you'll see at the top of the page the link to our ca archive page through castbox.fm. Got over 300 shows up there right now that you can listen to, share by social media and email, and help other people to learn how they can restore their health naturally as well. And, of course, uh, right below that is the information on the shows we do, how you listen, when they're on, and all that kind of thing. And then at the bottom of the page, you have the uh, link to our Facebook page, as well as the chat room. And that chat room is for this show only, uh, while we are not using Jitsi. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, we encourage you to take advantage of it and use it as necessary. But uh, all the information is there. We encourage you to take advantage, and uh, hopefully everything will work out to everybody's best interest. Um, let's see here. Just cleaning up some stuff on the screen so I have more room to work with. And somehow or another, i got some hair on my lips. <sighs> and gives new meaning to the term hair lip. <laughs> anyway... Today being Thursday, and I've uh, confirmed it ahead of time, um, I'm going to give Michael Gaddy a call, and we're going to get him on, and we're going to talk about some very interesting stuff, provided, uh, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, there we go. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hello? Hello, Mike. Are you muted? Hmm. You're there, but I'm not hearing you. Let me make sure my settings are set right. They should be. Been hearing everything all day long. 
Yep, everything's good on my Can you hear me, guys? There we are. Hey, hey. how you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Jim. Hope you guys are. Yeah, we're doing great, and it looks like Doc is calling in. Let's see what he's got to say real quick. Usually just a quick comment. Hey, Doc, what's up? Checking in. Doc? Yeah, checking in. Oh, okay. All right, we'll just, uh, if you are if you don't have anything going on, just go ahead and mute yourself, and that way uh, we'll carry on. And if you do have something to say, just chop in. Um so anyway, Mike, is everything going all right? Your end of the wood, in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's about as crazy as it is anywhere else, Jim. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, I look around and I told a friend of mine last night. Uh, it appears to be insanity squared. Yep, I know what you mean. We just had our our dingbat governor here in Ohio issued a statewide uh, mask mandate. Um, you know, it's. Uh, on my morning show today, I was talking about it, you know, when all this stuff was at its peak back in, uh, you know, February and March, that would have been the ideal time to roll out the mask, but it, people weren't ready for them at that point. And instead, now we're putting on the condom after the baby's been born. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, uh, but I think it was all the gradualism that they felt like they exactly. had to have, Jim. Uh, yeah. That's always been the argument. They have to do these things incrementally. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to get the people used to it's bull in the frog, the whole bull in the frog. Principle. Exactly. Yeah, the way I looked at it, it was a psyop where basically when they started out, they said, uh, don't buy masks, don't wear masks. We need them for the healthcare workers because it works for them, but it doesn't work for you. And right. basically, it's like the old wet paint sign. You know, these people, the first thing they want to do is they want to touch the paint. And if it's working for the healthcare workers, by God, and if this thing is such a deadly disease, then I need to have a mask, too. And it got to the point where they just kept, you know, paint, you know, put, you know, putting extra coats of paint on. And pretty soon, everybody, I want to wear a mask. I want to wear a mask. And then that was a perfect time where then they could roll out the mandates and everybody would just go along with it because they were brain dead and spoon fed. And here we are. But, uh, yeah, they they use the excuse that we had uh, half a dozen or so hotspot counties in Ohio and they mandated masks there and they've seen a drop in the number of cases uh, in those areas because all the idiots that were going to get tested stopped getting tested. <laughs> You know, they were tested and they didn't get, they didn't do it anymore. So that was the end of it. Now the cases are down and they say it's because of the face mask wearing. So let's make it a mandatory for everybody and see if we can't uh, accomplish the same thing. If the best thing to do to stop having these new cases is to stop doing tests. You know, if the stupid people would quit going out there, you know, they're not sick. They're just curious. They're like rubberneckers at a car wreck. Oh, well, let's go get tested. There's nothing else going on. We can't go to the bar. We can't go to the movie. So let's go get COVID tested. And of course, you know, 80, 90% of them are false positives. So each positive is counted as a new case. When the people aren't sick and it's a false test. So now that's how it's all happening. So if they just stop doing the test, then the whole problem would go away pretty much. But that's well, they can't have that, Jim. <laughs> Yeah, we make too much sense on this show, right? But yeah. uh, So they haven't mandated it for you guys yet in Arkansas, have they? Or you're not in Arkansas anymore, are you? No, I'm not in Arkansas. Arkansas mandated it. started Monday. Uh, the governor came out last uh, Thursday or Friday and mandated it beginning Monday. Hmm. And, uh, you know, then I think Alabama had done it the day before. And, and 
and the lieutenant governor in Alabama are having a uh, huge uh, disagreement about it. The governor wants it. The uh, lieutenant governor seems to have a brain, so uh, they'll probably just dispose of him rather quickly. Yeah, that's why I was thinking the same thing with Texas, where, um, what's his name, uh, Abbott is the governor, wants him, and the uh, the lieutenant governor, I can never remember his name, but he seems like he's got a little more, he's got his oars in the water, and uh, he doesn't seem to be a big fan of that stuff, but uh, there's got to be some interesting headbutting going on there. Well, but, the other thing, Jim, I think that is critical is the 15 largest corporations uh, in this country are now demanding uh, that you cannot enter their business without a uh, mask on, and that uh, puts us on the horns of a dilemma because I have, I believe a business has a right to dictate policy and the customer can choose to go or not go. Mm-hmm. But when you get the top 15 who are demanding it, uh, it, it's a little unusual. Yeah. And it's, it's everybody buying into the same thing. And again, no scientific backing for any of it. And, uh, you know, then again, you've got the, the added twist of the federal law, the ADA, that basically says that you know, companies can't deny access to someone if they've got a uh, health condition that prohibits them from wearing a mask and things like that. Um, so, again, you got federal law rearing its ugly head. But at the same time, they're, you know, I look at it from this standpoint, all these corporations are technically government entities because they have incorporated, so they have to abide by federal law. And if Exactly. You, and if you look at the situation... <clears throat> Where my my take on it is all these big companies also have corporate counsel. And the corporate counsel is saying, okay, yeah, you can mandate it, but you have to follow the federal guidelines as well. So, therefore, it basically turns their mandate into nothing more than a paper tiger. Because, you know, between ADA saying you can't deny access and HIPAA saying you can't ask for the you know verification of the condition... Literally anybody can go into any of these places, claim they have a uh, health man or a health uh, uh, exemption, and that's the end of it. Uh, and basically, that's what I'm seeing. I've I've actually got a copy, or at least I had a copy, of an internal memo from Walmart going to the uh, uh, the so-called security people that are supposed to check for face mask when people enter the store. And the bottom line is you can come in without a mask and you can do anything you want and they're not going to do anything about it. The worst case situation is if the law enforcement agencies in the area of that particular store have asked to be notified if someone comes in without a mask, then they will notify management, management will notify the police, and probably still nothing will happen. But, um, you know, in most places, you know, and I've, I've already done this, last week I made up a little... Uh, ID card size um, thing that I put on my website that people can download free. It just says, uh, it's got the picture of the little guy wearing a face mask with a red circle and a slash, and it says uh, in big, big bold print, medical exemption, and underneath it it says uh, wearing a face mask poses a health risk to me. And I made those things up and laminated them, put little clips on them so you can stick it on your shirt and you walk through the door. I went into Costco last week, no problem. Went into uh, local grocery stores, no problem. Only person in the whole store, in either case, wearing not wearing a mask. Nobody said anything to me. Nobody gave me any grief. And I actually make them up more for the people in the stores rather than the employees. Because most of the employees already know they can't bar access. 
but the idiots that are shopping who have swallowed the Kool-Aid and think they are now appointed as self-appointed vigilante mask Nazis, uh, they're going to be the enforcers. So I have it for them. So basically says, look, I've got a medical condition. I can't wear a mask. And as such, leave me the heck alone or I'll shoot you. <laughs> you know, and uh, so far, you know, at least in my neck of the woods where I'm in a more conservative area where it's a, a nicer part of town. Now, if I was a couple of miles inland in the Columbus area, things would change. There'd probably be some idiots there that would probably go after, off, you know, off on me. But uh, in the part of town where I live, it's, you know, it's a little nicer and most people go along to get along kind of a thing. And I haven't had any problems. But, uh, you know, that's there. If anybody wants it, just go to yourdiyhealth.com, scroll about halfway down the homepage, and you'll see them there. And you just click on them and download them, and you can print them out. And, or even, even that, just put the images on your phone and just hold them up to the people when you're in the stores. But uh, that's the thing. All these companies that are mandating it, basically, it's, it's a paper tiger in most cases. Ninety-some percent of the time, they're going to let you in anyway. Um, and if they don't, according to federal law, they have to provide a, a reasonable compensation where, you know, they have to provide curbside pickup where they'll pick the groceries, bring them out and pay, you pay for them and no extra charge. Um, that is something that they, by law, they have to do. So, you know, most of them have that option, but they still, if you walk in, they aren't going to give you any grief nine times out of 10. And I have no intentions of putting a face mask on, um, I'm seeing more and more studies, and I just saw one today that I've just started reading. I posted on the Facebook page, but I just started reading right before the show started. It's from John Rappaport, and I really respect this guy. He's been studying this stuff for years and years. His his site is called nomorefakenews.com, and he's had that title for 15, 20 years. <laughs> so he's the original fake news uh, uh, hater. And uh, he has a new post today, or yeah, July 23rd, does wearing a mask cause diagnostic test to read false positive for COVID? And it's rather interesting, you know, what I've seen. And that's just one more reason I will not wear a mask. Um, I don't know if you heard, but there was a situation that started last Friday and ended Tuesday of this week in Ventura, California, where one person in a 78, you know, there's a, a a seven-story apartment complex in Ventura, California that has 78 residents. It's mostly Section 8 and uh, elderly and uh, disabled people. One person tested positive for COVID-19. So the Department of Health sent a letter to the uh, management of the apartment saying that you have to lock it down. They disabled all the key cards so nobody could go in or out. They posted guards at all the entrances and basically held these people prisoner and forced them to have mandatory COVID testing. And originally it was going to take up to two weeks because they figured, you know, they were going to do uh, all the um, uh, quarantining and all that kind of crap. But as it turns out, only 70 or 74 of, out of the 78 tested negative. So there were three more positive tests along with the one who started the whole thing. And as a result, all these people were locked up for like five days and couldn't get out, uh, were totally denied any access to movement, uh, freedom of, of anything, and forced to undergo testing against their will. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that we're starting to see, especially in the People's Republic of California. And 
it's getting pretty scary. You know, just it's the and and people are standing up or just putting up with it. I I think it's the public fool system and fluoridated water are the two big uh, culprits here. Um, but anyway, you know, it is what it is. But the main thing I wanted to talk about today was this deal with uh, all the cities that are burning and the Democratic uh, governors and mayors who refuse to request assistance from the federal government and Trump then deciding that, uh, you know, request be damned, we're not going to continue to let these cities be burned to the ground because these morons don't want to ask for help. And he's sending in people. So far, it's just been to federal to protect federal properties, courthouses, and stuff like that. But uh, apparently, they're going to start expanding things here with Chicago and some of the other areas. So I wanted to touch base with that and see what you had to say. <laughs> and, um, it'd be a pretty interesting topic of conversation. Well, Jim, uh, I have uh, gone into this uh, quite often and uh, looked at this and. This uh, troubles me a great deal. I went to uh, all of the debates in uh, in the uh, Constitutional Convention of 1787. I looked at uh, page after page after page of debate on Article 4, Section 4, which is the relevant part. And I will read that for you. And it is uh, Article 4, Section 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or executive against domestic violence. So according to the Constitution, uh, the federal government cannot go into any state, regardless of how much property they own or anything else, uh, they cannot go into any state unless it is requested by that state's legislature and if that legislature is not sitting, that state's government. Now, I, the thing that really worries me here is the fact, and I've already uh, uh, discussed this with some folks, uh, especially on social media, and they're all, yay, 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 we're really getting those Democrats, so we're showing those people. And to me, that is a very, very scary thing, uh, Jim, because if we as alleged conservatives think it's okay for our guy to violate the Constitution, we are going to be nothing but hypocrites if when the tables are turned, we say their guy can't violate the Constitution. Because if we, uh, if we embrace violating the Constitution, then uh, we, have, we have to embrace every violation of the Constitution, not just the ones we like. And I know that is a critical thing, but I also am very troubled as being a student of history as to the fact that once we start sending these federal forces in to various states, uh, what if they decide that the people they really need to go after are those who are resisting federal tyranny? Mm -hmm. And that has happened before. We have, uh, you know, in history. We've gone in under great pretenses, and then we've used those forces to go after what is considered to be, and I quote, enemies of the state. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it bothers me because it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, do things need to be done? Yes, but here's the thing, and I believe uh, why if the, uh, the citizens of each state uh, they've elected these people, and, you know, if the people don't want to call for the federal government to come in, then uh, 
if the people they have elected, then let's follow the Constitution. Now, if we can all say, well, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos anyway, because eventually these things are going to get dirty. They're going to get nasty. And especially when these federal forces start saying, well, okay, well, so-and-so over there said he will not go along with the mandates of the federal government as, uh, as to do with masks, so we'll deploy these forces that we already have in your state. We'll, uh, and also, we have already heard. Uh-oh, you're breaking up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the signal just dropped a little bit there, um, just the last sentence or two, if you can repeat oh, those. Oh. oh, man, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh well, we have, uh, you know, I think it's a slippery slope. I don't think we need to be on that. And, you know, we we fought a war over Abraham Lincoln sending his forces unconstitutionally into Charleston to a federal. And ironically, that federal position, Fort Sumter, was a revenue. Okay. Yeah, Washington and Alexander Hamilton were the first two people to violate the Constitution with our. We're getting. We must have a bad connection here. Force. It's, it's it's getting worse. We're dropping out. Um, let me let me try calling you back and see if it gets any better. Are you in a position where you're just sitting still at your computer? For the whiskey, Rebecca. Can you hear me, Mike? Yes, sir. I am. Okay. Yes. Yeah, the signal keeps going in and fading in and out. Let me um, let me call you back. Why don't you hang up and then I'll I'll buzz you back here and see if we can get a better connection. Because what you're saying is important and I want folks to miss it. <laughs> okay, let me buzz you back here. Um, where's my thing I need? Okay, add. Come on. There we go. Hopefully. Calling. Well, I got you back. I'm not sure if it's any better connection, though. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. Oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it happens. You know, that's that's the trouble with technology. When it works, it works, and when it doesn't, it's a pain. But, um, you know, one of the other things, everybody keeps talking about the Insurrection Act, which, of course, is nothing but a law, and a law can't amend the Constitution. So really, my my thoughts on this whole thing is it doesn't matter at all what the Insurrection Act says. Would you go along with that? Yes, uh, because we, we get into uh, what is called an unconstitutional uh, act. And mm -hmm. uh, any law that it violates the Constitution is null and void on its face. And I can read you the basis for that as well. We don't have to wait for a judge or anyone else to tell us that law is unconstitutional. If it's blatantly unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional from the time it is written. And that is well stated in American jurisprudence. And there's also posse comitatus, which basically doesn't amend the Constitution. It's basically just a law that restates the Constitution, I would say. Does that sound uh, accurate? Yes, sir, it does. Okay, so it basically does the same thing. It says you can't use federal troops on, on U.S. soil. Um, so bottom line, and I, I agree with you, um, I know at the early onset of this thing, Trump, you know, people I heard in the background uh, from from uh, the Trump administration, 
they were saying, well, let's just let this uh, play out and show the Democrats for what idiots they are, and then we'll go in. But the thing is, you know, it's it's sad because everybody wants something to be done because, it, we, you know, unfortunately the city shouldn't be allowed to burn. However, it is in the hands of the Democratic people and the, and the people of the states. If they allow it, you know, there's nothing to stop the people of the states from rising up and putting it down themselves or demanding that their officials re- either do it themselves or request the aid. Uh, if they don't, then basically it's you get what you deserve. You know, you elected these morons. You know, you made the bed. You're going to sleep in it. It's a sad situation. It's tough love and a tough pill to swallow, but it is what it is. And, you know, what Trump ought to be saying is I cannot send anybody in there until the states request it, period. That's what the Constitution says, and we're going by it. I would love to see him say that. Um, Unfortunately, you know, he's got people pushing him, too, I think. uh, We need to go in there and shut him down. And again, they're always trying to give, you know, take more power for the federal government, which is what this would be. And uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, Jim, the thing the thing that troubles me is this polarization that's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Republicans will agree with anything that goes against Democrats. Democrats will agree with anything if it goes against Republicans. Blacks will agree with anything if it goes against whites. Whites will agree with anything (laughs) if it goes against blacks. We have a polarization that's destroying us. Yeah. And nobody looks at the Constitution. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. The one thing that really matters and people are ignoring that and they're having their own little personal uh, vendettas going on and it's destroying the country. And Robert's called in uh, and I'm sure he's got some questions. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I just let me, uh, uh, one of the things that troubled me this week was a uh, leader in a state Republican party told me on social media two days ago, the Constitution be damned. We need to send federal forces into these uh, uh, states. Uh, and for a high-ranking Republican official to say the Constitution be damned? That's not good. And that, no. But it just, it's very telling. And, it, you know, that's the, it's the level of frustration that has built up because it's obvious to anybody who with eyes to see that the, the Democrats are basically doing this to, to spite Trump. And they're using their, their states and their people as pawns who are the ultimate, ultimately the ones that are going to, you know, feel the biggest uh, impact from this. And, you know, the, the Republicans are just, you know, they're at least they're appearing to be concerned about the people, which the Democrats aren't. But the thing is, is they need to stand back and say, you know, as hard as it is, we can't go in there. We need to do what the Constitution says. And if the people of the states are willing to allow it to happen, then that's just the way it is. Um, it's, it's, again, tough. I would love to see one of the late night, you know, not late night, but the Fox News people have uh, like Judge Napolitano on. I'd like to see what he has to say about that because usually he's, he's pretty pretty good. He, he spoke out on it today, Jim. Oh, did he? I didn't catch it. Yes. But, and did he say uh, the same basic thing we're saying? He said the same thing we're saying. He well, said good. what that, Trump that... is doing is unconstitutional. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I, I, I've been, uh, it seems like every time I hear him, he's on the right side of things. And I was hoping that would be the case. And the thing is, is he's got a he's got a pretty good mouthpiece where he can get that word out. And hopefully some people will hear it and, and understand it. Uh, maybe it'll even get to Trump. But, um, 
you know, as hard as it is, they need to just sit back and wait. And either the people of the state will get tired of the crap going on and do something themselves, or they'll at least put pressure on their elected officials to take action. And, um, you know, it's a sad situation because it's, it's all because of politics and the utter hatred that these people have for Trump, and they're willing to do everything, including letting their their cities and, and states be destroyed, simply because they think they can do that and allow and that'll get Trump out of office. And I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. So, uh, Robert, what do you One have to say? Things... I know you got you got to be chomping at the bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, before I do that, though, Mike, you just about to say something. Uh, what were you about well, to say? One of the things I would like to uh, like to interject here, and I think it would be good for all of these people in these various uh, cities and states who have voted these uh, ultra cultural Marxists into office. I think nothing could be better than for them to have to sit there and watch the people that they elected because of this socialist bent to sit there and watch what they have put together disintegrate before their eyes. Uh, if you don't, don't think that would convert more people to another form of uh, of uh, politics, yeah, to definitely. let them see that their acts are destroy, they're destroying themselves, that they are destroying themselves and destroying the people around them by their stupid choices for these cultural Marxists. And I think that's what Trump originally was doing, is like let them stew in it for a little bit and see how bad these morons are. And uh, unfortunately, the, the plan after that then was, well, now we need to go in and do something because it's gotten out of hand. When in fact they just say no, we got to say the Constitution says this. We can't go in into, and, and I think it would be stronger for Trump if he would do that. If he would go on national news instead of saying we're coming in, he said we can't. The Constitution is clear. We cannot come in unless the people, the the legislature or the uh, uh, governor or elected officials ask us to come in. Our hands are tied. So like. Uh, as much as we would like to come in and help you people, you're on your own. You got to do something and and tell them that look, folks, you live there. You elected these people. You either need to pressure them to do something, or you need to take matters into your own hands. <laughs> Which you know True. ultimately is the power of the people. Real, I think that would be a huge advantage. And if I may, very quickly, what we spoke of before, let me throw this out there, and I'll send this to you and Robert uh, when this is over. But 16th American Jurisprudence, second edition, section 177, late second, section 256, states as follows. The general rule is that an unconstitutional statute, though having the form and name of law, is in reality no law, but is wholly void and ineffective for any purpose, since unconstitutionality dates from the time of its enactment and not merely from the date of the decision so branding it. An unconstitutional law in legal contemplation is as inoperative as if it had never been passed. Such a statute leaves the question that it purports to settle just as it would be had the statute never been enacted. Since an unconstitutional law is void, the general principles below that it imposes no duties, confers no rights, creates no office, bestows no power or authority on anyone, affords no protection, and justifies no acts performed under it. We seem to talk about that section of American jurisprudence on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. That, <laughs> because everything because the government most... does is in violation of it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, isn't that odd? Robert, that I'm so? sorry. I kind of held you up there, buddy. Go ahead, Robert. No worries, no worries. I was just going to add that uh, I'm assuming that 
would we agree, would we not, that what's going on in Portland is uh, unconstitutional with the Absolutely. federal troops? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. 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 That's what I thought. But there, there they are nonetheless. <laughs> well, in the past, uh, the thing that's, uh, if you do a study on this, uh, you will find that in early on, they violated Article 4, Section 4 to collect taxes. So that was the major reason, and uh, that was especially when Washington and Hamilton did it. It was to collect a tax on whiskey, and it has been implemented several other times. And then we kind of jumped from Abraham Lincoln to Dwight Eisenhower, and Dwight Eisenhower ironically violated the Constitution to send uh, uh, federal forces into Arkansas uh, to uh, uh, integrate schools. And then, of course, they did the same thing to Governor Wallace in uh, Alabama. And, you know, it, it's really tough when you're violating the Constitution for what people see as a good thing. And unfortunately, uh, once we allow that and we embrace it, OK, uh, it all depends on, on what uh, a group of people think is a good thing. Doing the and wrong we, thing, thing for the right It comes reason. back down to states' rights. Yeah. You know, if the states want to yeah. do something their way, then basically, as long as the people of that state go along with it and are in favor of it, then technically that's the way it is in that state, right? Well, well it was uh, interesting, gentlemen. As I told you earlier, Jim, I read through uh, the uh, the entire discussion of Article 4, Section 4 in the, in the Constitutional Convention of 1787, and there were some interesting comments about this. And uh, ironically, the guy who stood up more for the states was Luther Martin. Uh, should come to uh, should not be a surprise to anyone. But uh, there were some who did not want uh, any uh, did not want the states to have any power whatsoever. And most of those, believe it or not, were from Pennsylvania. But one uh, representative, especially one delegate, uh, Reed, R-E-A-D, he made some uh, very inflammatory statements and uh, uh, really troubled me. Uh, I'm trying to find one now, uh, but he basically said that the, the states have no authority to keep the federal government out of there. They can come in anytime they want to. And that's basically been the thought for the last 50 years. Yeah, it's the federal standpoint. Yeah. And uh, that's why Patrick Henry said he smelled a rat, amongst other right. things. Well, Mr. Reed from Pennsylvania said the following, and I quote, We must put away state governments, and we will then remove all causes of jealousy. The guarantee will confirm the assumed rights of several states to lands which do belong to the Confederation. So he wanted to just put away state governments totally. Wow. Wow. <laughs> But Luther Martin stood up and said, no, states need to have their rights and their power? Exactly. He was the guy, again, who was standing up uh, very strong. And uh, he said, basically, he said, I am for leaving the states entirely to suppress any rebellions on their own unless that rebellion be sponsored from an outside source. Hmm. Wow. Pretty good. Wow. Man. Yeah. He was spot on. And forgotten by most of history. Exactly. That's yeah. why they paved over his uh, paved over his grave in New York. Yeah, find me one <laughs> uh, public school book that mentions Luther Martin. <laughs> yeah, try to find one of those guys. That that is something else. Yeah, because most people, 
I brought up, uh, believe it or not, in a uh, group of uh, so-called educators, uh, gentlemen, a couple of years ago, I brought up Luther Martin and his contribution to the Constitution. And I had a professor tell me, say, well, uh, you know, you've got his name wrong. His name was Martin Luther, and he was not in politics. Oh, he was thinking about the religious guy. He was thinking years Martin ago. Luther from Nuremberg, from Germany. Yeah, and he was, and he was a professor at a local college. Good grief! Wow, what a moron! That's scary. That that says a whole lot, and that's why the you know that's why I say don't send your kids to college, <laughs> especially state colleges. You know, some Christian colleges are okay, but I'll tell you what, they're very few and far between. But in this day, there's just in you know communist indoctrination camps. They start in the, in, the, in the elementary and secondary schools, and you get into college, and they just finish the deal, and you come out of, of you know card carrying. Well, Marxist. if you if you do an examination, uh, gentlemen, you will find that the majority of professors, uh, especially in law schools, if you go into the professors, that most of them are avowed socialists. Yeah. And yeah. they're, I mean, they're proud of it. It's not something they try to hide anymore. They are very proud of their socialist tendencies. Nine out of ten or more in, mo- in most schools. It's very seldom you find a conservative, and, and when they do, they are just relentlessly pounced upon any chance they get just to try and drive them out and yep. get them to retire and leave and yep. that kind of thing. That's true. Michael, let me digress just for half a second, if I may. I did have occasion to listen to your show Sunday, which was really, really good. You and the two gentlemen with you. Did I hear you say correctly that uh, the Federalist the Papers did not mention slavery at all? No, I said the Articles of Confederate. Oh, in the Federalist Papers, they do not address slavery. No, that is that would be correct, Robert. Uh, if okay. uh, you if you find such an instant, I would certainly appreciate uh, being elucidated because I could find nothing. Well, with your laser like eye and uh, deep research, I'm not about to argue that point with you. So uh, I won't even bother looking. So if you say it ain't there, it ain't there. So well, I guess that's one reason why they were covered up, or should I say, pushed aside. Well, uh, Robert, in the Constitution, I think I've discussed this before. In the Constitution itself, it embraced slavery, but it would never use that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they didn't want to use the word. They wanted to have the physical act of slavery, but they didn't want to call it that. So they called persons held to service. You know, and, and mm-hmm. how, I, I don't know how you get by with that, how people couldn't see that. But uh, yeah, I, and the uh, champion against that, as we have spoken of before, Robert, was Luther Martin. He was just mm-hmm. absolutely, he said it was a crime against heaven. And he was right. <laughs> exactly. That's why nobody knows him. Yeah, yeah. They give great time to the to the idiots, but they uh, give short shrift, if any, to the ones who really knew what was going on. Well, you know, the Constitutional Convention of 1787 was basically, and I know I'm probably uh, going to make some people angry, and that really troubles me. Uh, I usually toss and turn for 15 or 20 seconds before I fall asleep. But the the whole point of the uh, Constitutional Convention of 1787 was to do away with Article 13 of the uh, Articles of Confederation because these uh, wealthy aristocrats could not have a state messing up their plans for revenue. And the Constitutional Convention was a place to establish better forms of revenue 
and that's why they made it the very first article of our uh, the uh, very first power given to Congress article 1 section 8 clause 1 unlimited ta taxation from unlimited sources uh, I, I have yet to find anyone who can tell me why that was first if it wa wasn't their primary objective and just for uh, our, an interesting our, point our, the anti-federalist papers slavery is mentioned on eight different pages <laughs> I have a well, PDF uh, of that, and I yeah. just did a search. So especially, at least the anti-federalists uh, were more worried about it. Especially Luther Martin. Luther Martin, uh, uh, George Mason, who owned slaves, thought it was uh, a crime against God. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that one, that paradox uh, still troubles me. But uh, he spoke. It yeah. wasn't once he said that. He said that on many occasions. But uh, then again, you know, when we look at some acts, gentlemen, that were, you know, people said got upset when they found out that Thomas Jefferson in the Virginia House of Burgesses said that uh, no one could free a slave without a court action. In other words, if you wanted to, to if you had a slave and you wanted to give them their freedom, you had to go to court to do that. You couldn't just sign a paper. And uh, Jefferson caught a lot of flack over that until he explained himself. And he said, what I see happening is a crime against nature in the fact that people have slaves who become infirmed, sick, can't work anymore, so they give them their freedom so they don't have to take care of them. Yep. Mm. So, and you know, and when you look at something on the surface, sometimes you don't understand everything about it. And, uh, you know, if you just looked at that and said, well, you can't just free your slaves. Uh, Jefferson at one time helped one of his uh, neighbors uh, carry... Uh, actually helped with transportation to carry his slaves into a northern state so that they could be given their freedom. Wow. 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 Yeah, I bet none of those rioters heard, ever heard that story. No, I'm sure they yeah. haven't. And it's, you know, I, I just really don't, I really don't understand it. I, you know, I, I go by the words again of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, you know, and I don't agree with everything he did. I don't agree with everything my mother and father did, but that's beside the point. But when he said that, you know, we should judge people by their character, not the color of their skin, it cannot be any more simple than that. Exactly. You know, he, he hit yeah. the nail on the head with that, that one simple statement. And it's so, been totally ignored. For me, ignored. that's everything. I, I, I don't care, you know. Uh, I don't know if I've told you gentlemen this story, but I, I thought it was kind of funny. I had uh, uh, several, uh, uh, I don't mean uh, ha-ha funny, but it was kind of ironic that I had uh, several uh, black folks, and uh, I consider them to be very great friends who came to my classes in, uh, in uh, Ford Smith, Arkansas, when I was doing classes there for over a year. And uh, so one of the uh, gentlemen, who, as a matter of fact, he was a uh, former mayor, he comes up to me and he says, I got a question, you know, one day after class. And I said, what's that? He said, I don't understand how you get these black folks to come to classes because I haven't seen anybody else talking about history and the Constitution and other stuff to get black to get blacks to come to class. How do you do that? And I said, well, mayor, you know what? It's really funny. I said, because one of my friends there, Bruce, uh, pointing to one of the black gentlemen leaving, I said, he asked me the other day how I got white folks to come. <laughs> good one good one oh yeah, man because they you know you're there telling you the truth and certain people just don't want to hear it and that, luckily yeah, there's folks out there on both sides of the issue that do and those are the folks that are going to really spell you know 
make the difference in the future. The people that you know the yeah. truth and and don't believe the lies and all the propaganda and realize that it's 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 not us against them, whites against blacks. It's us whites and blacks against them in government and the people that are trying to destroy this country. And they're trying to keep everybody divided so that they can, so that we don't see what's being done to us. It's the same thing over and over and over again, sleight of hand. And thank goodness there's people out there that are willing both on both sides of the issue, both, you know, all colors of skin. I mean, we all bleed the same red blood and uh, you can do transfers from one person to another, regardless of skin color. And it still works. You know, people have to realize the, it's one race, the human race. And uh, the sooner people do that, the better off we'd be, I think. As, uh, uh, Colonel, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as Colonel Jessup said in my favorite movie of all time, A Few Good Men, son, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Robert, here is a, here is something that I have said on several occasions, and I would like for your thoughts on this. And I have said the definition of an honest person. An honest person, when they are confronted with the facts of history, when they reject those facts for the comfortable lie, they not only cease to be indoctrinated and uneducated, they cease to be honest. Amen. (laughs) Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Without a doubt. I'd agree. It's cognitive dissonance. And put down uh, and, the truth. You know, uh, Aristotle spoke to that, guys, and, you know, he's he's been around for a while, or at least his words have been around for a while, but he spoke very yeah. eloquently to the fact that, and, and I look around, Jim, as we talk about this uh, issue of blacks and whites and, and Democrats and Republicans and what have you, I think about this, Aristotle, and I'm not quoting directly, this is a general uh, collection of what he said, but he said, governments remain in power Oh, Mike, Breaking you broke up, up. again. Have the... Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Say, uh, he started with now? governments remain in power yeah. and then go from there. Yeah, he said, okay, governments remain in power because they have the ability to polarize the people and the people look at each other as the problem instead of looking at government as the problem. Boy, that hits it right on the head. Oh, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Yes, yes, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's sleight of hand. They're trying divide. to keep us R&D, black and white, at anything they can use to divide the people so that we are fighting amongst ourselves so that we're not seeing what they're doing to us. It's the age-old thing of government versus the people. Mm-hmm. And it keeps well, working. Have you, uh, ahead, have you gentlemen, ever heard of Hendrik von Loon? Say the name again. No. Hendrick, um, man, I hate when up. we don't have good internet connections. This stuff is too good not yeah. to hear it. <laughs> oh, 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 that is. Absolutely. I have had some problems here with our broadband for the past two or three days. I don't know if it's weather related or what, but I apologize for that. No, there's nothing you can do, man. It's don't don't apologize. No. It just is. But, okay, uh, well, H- Hendrik Wilhelm von Loon made this statement. A formal attack on ignorance is bound to fail because the masses are always ready to defend their most 
precious possession. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, well, Mark, I think Mark he, Twain said it right. You, it's easier to fool a man than to tell him he's been fooled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have probably heard of Ayn Rand, mm -hmm. and she said the hardest thing to explain is the glaringly evident which everyone has decided not to see. Yep. Yep. It ain't so glaring. <laughs> <sighs> well, Robert, thanks for tuning in to the on a Sunday night. Could you offer me criticism? Uh, no, because I don't know what I'd be criticizing. It was pretty, pretty damn good and pretty damn spot on. You were, you were elegant as usual and laid out your facts as usual, and uh, you knew your stuff. Well, I thank you for tuning in, Robert. It's always great to know you're listening. Yeah, I was, Sunday. It was, it was pretty damn good stuff. Mike, now, you do that every Sunday? I do it every Sunday from 6 to 8 Eastern, and uh, I'm trying to plan out my next month, and uh, I want to get in contact with you guys because I'd like to have you guys on my show, if you would, please. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. It'd be fun. And before I forget, because yep. I always do, <laughs> I want to make sure that people know how they can... Uh, you know, Mike has two sites. Number his new one and that he does is kind of a uh, cooperative effort with uh, Daryl, who's on uh, uh, Roger's show before this one all the time. Embracing the obvious. dot com and uh, then rebelmadman. dot com, and the links are both on my uh, website on the links page. Just scroll down; you can't miss them. And uh, and I encourage people to check out the sites and see what they have there. It's all great stuff, and. Um, you can definitely learn something. There's no doubt. Um, and uh, if what's what's the station that you're on on Sunday nights uh, again, uh, uh, Mike? Revolution Radio. Revolution, Revolution Radio. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Robert. Revolution Radio. You can uh, tune in at uh, www.freedomslips.com. Cool. Studio A. Say again, Robert. I'm sorry. It's also on TuneIn. Oh, oh cool. well, thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's how I listen. Oh. Came through crystal clear. You just you just search for Revolution Radio on on TuneIn. Yes. Okay. Yes. And what mm -hmm. time is it? Six to eight uh, Eastern time on okay. Sunday evenings. Cool. I got to make it a point. I've got so much stuff going on on the weekends, and usually um, the missus has some kind of you know girly type TV shows on, but. I get stuck watching them because I'm in the same room, but I'll see if I can't remember to tune in. <laughs> I want to listen. Tune in, tune in. Yeah, I'll learn a whole lot more from that than I will watch in Lifetime and uh, Hallmark, that's for sure. <laughs> what about uh, quiet. Coming, or that CBS show you watch? Uh, what's that show you watch on CBS, Jim? The president? Uh, with the woman president? Oh, I, that's Roger. No, or is it Roger? Um you talking about Madam Secretary? Yeah, Madam Secretary. That's I it, used yeah. to watch that a long time ago, but it, you know, it became it was a Hillary Clinton type of uh, promotion thing. You know, it it was interesting to see some of the things they did and what you know their their slant on things. But you got to make sure that you have uh, the uh, right kind of glasses to look through to filter everything. <laughs> but um, hey, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jim. No, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. 
If I may very quickly, I have a, a radio program on tonight on Blog Talk Radio, which okay. I'll send you a link. Okay. Uh, and I will be on uh, starting at 7 Eastern tonight until 8.30. It's an hour and a half. And tonight's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, the title of our show is Handling the Truth. And uh, hmm. the uh, show tonight will be on wars and money. How hmm. at the basis of all wars is the factor of how the international bankers can make money and we'll go all the way back to the revolution and move forward. Oh man, that will be, I think you go back to ancient Rome on that. (laughs) Well, that's true too, but uh, I'm trying to keep it to American history at this point, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be good. Keep it somewhat modern. Yeah. 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 Send me that link too, please. Yeah. I've been telling people for years that, you know, everything since the revolution has been uh, all, all the wars have just been to make money for the bankers. Pretty much. Pretty much. James, and speaking of links, did you get my link uh, or the link to um, T-SPAN and um, uh, Bennett, Ron Bennett, on his book? Did you send it in an email here in the last day or so? Uh, no, I sent it about a week ago. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I, I can send it again. Send it to me again because, you know, okay. I've, I may okay. have gotten it and just filed it and not get a chance to go back and look at it or something but yeah send it to me again and i'll try and watch for it's it excellent oh mike oh it's, i tell you what i was just going to ask you robert could you find any point that you felt like you would have a viable argument against mr bennett not at all not at all he's another guy like you that did his stuff the late mr bennett he knew he knew his subject matter at least that subject <laughs> Well, I was, uh, you know, what really bothered me about that, Robert, is when he came out with that book 20-some years ago, how he was attacked and vilified by so many people, black and white. That just really troubled me. Why are people afraid of the truth? They just can't handle it. It upsets their apple cart. just can't handle it. Yeah. I can't handle the truth. I can't. I can't. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, they've got their preconceived notions, and anything that you know upsets that apple cart, they can't deal with it. Yeah. Hey, Jim, uh, idea for next week. Oh, I'm sorry, Rob. I was going to say, do you know Stephen Douglas, the guy who debated Lincoln in 1859 or whatever? Was he a slaveholder? You know, I am. I believe that he was. Okay. I, I asked that question. You know, don't don't hold me to that, but I believe that he was. My first inclination to answer that question would be yes. Yeah, I asked that question because somewhere there is a statue of him, and they want to take it down. I forget what state it's in, but they want to replace him with Frederick Douglass, which I thought was a little funny. One Douglass for another. <laughs> and they tore down Frederick Douglass in another place. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, when it comes to me, I'd like to see statues of both of them. Because yeah. both of them played relevant parts in history, and their whatever they did, whether we consider it good or bad, it shouldn't be destroyed because it's still part of us. Uh, I, yeah. I made this uh, I made this argument to a friend. I've got some relatives. I'm not really proud of the stuff they did, but I'm not going to go out and shoot them. No, no, can't do that. So you, you still can't remove the history. You can't remove what happened. It, 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 and that you know They're the great thing about, I know but the great thing about history Robert is we should be able to look at those mistakes and try to learn lessons from them then you then think. if and we would hope 
that if if we know they're there, we know those mistakes were made, we don't make them again. There you go. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Aha! Bingo. Mr. Santiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are going to live through that. Yeah, it's coming in a rush, guys, I'm afraid. Yep. Kool-Aid drinkers are going to be in a world of hurt. Well, what happened to those Kool-Aid drinkers down in uh, with Jim Jones? <laughs> yeah, in a, little, in a literal sense. Yeah, and you reach a point where if you don't drink the Kool-Aid, they just shoot you. Yeah, they hitched their wagon to the wrong mule. Mm-hmm. It's getting scary. Getting scary. Yeah. And we are, hey, uh, yeah. Jim. Yeah. Uh, what What would you think about looking at the first part of Article Four, Section Four, where it says that the federal government must guarantee to every state a republican form of government? I love that because I get a kick out of all these yeah. idiots. We got a democracy. <laughs> yes. Read the old 1928 uh, military manual where it defines it. And they, the military right. had, the U.S. Army had nothing good to say about democracies back then. People knew what was going on. And, uh, you know. Well, one of the points is at the Constitutional Convention, they discussed the seven basic principles necessary to constitute a Republican form. Of so they actually defined what a Republican form of government is. I think it'd be great to get into that if you would be so inclined. Yeah, why don't we do that next week? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be All great. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we got about a minute left, so anything last, uh, any last measures uh, you want to throw in, Mike, go ahead. Well, I just want to thank you guys. Uh, you guys uh, give me the chance uh, to have an intelligent conversation with other human beings, which is not really easy to <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> Get out, boy. <laughs> Such a difference from Facebook, <laughs> where the brain dead and spoon fed are the uh, <laughs> the fare of the day. But well, uh, yeah, and thank you, Mike. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and and, and yeah. give us such enlightened uh, information, stuff that you will not read yeah. in history books. Uh, didn't learn this in school when I was in school. That's for sure. No, yeah. just great yeah. information. And uh, the what I'm gonna the header of this uh, mess this show today for the replay is if you think we need to be if Trump should be going into the states to stop the quell the violence, you need to listen to this show. <laughs> and that'll be interesting to see how many people actually do. But uh, it's been great Good having point. you. And Robert, you always add into it. Doc, I appreciate you listening in. And all the folks out there, you know, remember, it's all on us. We need to do our job. And the folks in those states that are controlled by Democratic uh, administrations, you need to stand up and uh, make your voices heard or you deserve what you get. So thanks so much, uh, guys. I appreciate it again. And uh, next week we'll be talking about Article 4, Section 4 and what it is to have a Republican form of government. Praise the Lord for that. And take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And we will see you all in the replay tomorrow and live next Monday. Take care.